We are completing a series this morning uh, titled A Godly Life, and so we've been in this now for almost three months. We've been trying to paint a picture of what a godly life looks like and then talk strategies for how to move toward that more completely in our own lives. And we're concluding today with this topic of spiritual gifts, which is, which is all about using the talents that God has given you, the experiences, the, the, the special gifting God has given you to serve His church and to expand His kingdom uh, because He cares about His church and He wants you to be a part of, of building it, building it up. I want to start with uh, a ship illustration. I saw three ships come sailing. That's very Christmas. Uh, three ships. I want to talk about three ships. You've probably heard this illustration before. Um, but they represent ways that we might think of ourselves in relationship to church. And the first is the cruise ship. Uh, and some people who attend church view themselves like passengers on a cruise ship. I'm here uh, to be served. I'm here to have fun. I'm here to meet people. And uh, I am fundamentally, I'm a consumer. Uh, I'm here for what church can do for me and mine. Uh, and so if this church isn't giving me what I want, well, then I'll go uh, find a better cruise. And, and there are people who attend church, and fundamentally, that's the way they view themselves in relationship to church. I'm a passenger, and there are some, you know, the, the crew, they serve me. Uh, and so, you know, I'm, I'm asking you to... Think about yourself and your own self-perception uh, as it relates to church. The second ship is the hospital ship. And some people, they view themselves as patients, fundamentally. Like, I'm the sick one. I'm the hurting one. I'm the weak one. I need to be cared for. Don't expect me to be helping other people. I'm the one who needs to be helped. And Absolutely, there are times in all of our lives when we are the wounded, and we need the people of God to pour into us and care for us and help us get better and be healthy. But some people make a, uh, a habit out of staying in that wounded mindset and being the patient who needs to be uh, continually helped and the third ship is the, oh no, James, I forgot to change my picture. I didn't want the battleship today. I wanted, Pastor James gave me the fishing ship. He's like, it's like a commercial fishing boat. I'm like, oh, I know that. I did that for 14 summers. Yes. Well, anyways, it's like a ship where everyone's on the crew. I mean, we would not have tolerated on, uh, on the uh, crew, the boats that I was on in, out in Bristol Bay, we would not have tolerated passengers. And if you're too sick to help, get off. In fact, uh, my, growing up, my best friend, uh, I had already been commercial fishing a few years, and, and I remember he was in high school. We were, I think, seniors in high school, and he came out, and he was my crew member. So there's one captain, and then the two of us, and we're supposed to do all the work. Well, he discovered that he was seasick. And so this is his first time commercial fishing, and, and he gets, you know, we're in some rough seas, and and, he, and he's pulling, and he, and he looks, at, he's sick, and he's looking at me, and I'm looking at him like, keep going. 
And then he lost it all on the back deck. And then he looked at me again, and I could tell he thought, hey, look, I'm sick. I need to stop. And I, I looked at him, and I went, keep pulling. <laughs> we have work to do. And uh, I could just see it in his eyes. Seriously? You expect me? I'm like, who else is going to pull this thing in? I can't do it myself. So what I want us to, I think the healthiest way to think of yourself as it relates to church is uh, either you're you know, part of a battleship or you're on a fishing vessel, but you're a crew member and you have a, we're on a great mission and you have a role to play and it's an important role to play. And, and you know, I've been thinking this week, f- for those Christians who do sit on the sidelines too often, you know, what's the fundamental reason? Of course, there are a variety of reasons, but one of the reasons I'm, a, I, I'm uh, concerned is that some Christians underestimate what God can do through them and wants to do through them. Uh, so they underestimate the capacity of the Holy Spirit inside them to, to gift them and use them for ministry. And one of the points that we're going to get to is, uh, but I'll go ahead and throw it out here, is that you know, if you're a Christian, you're indwelt with the Holy Spirit, and there's no way the Holy Spirit wants to stay on the sidelines in your life. You know, he wants to help you get in the game and do something uh, to, to contribute to his kingdom being built. All right. So the big idea for today is that a God, because we're talking about a godly life, the big idea for today is a godly life includes service in the church. Uh, if you want to experience life the way God intends it to be lived, if you want all that God has for you, you need to get involved in building up the church. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 12. Carla, that's actually my last slide. Uh, we read this. Now, Paul's talking to the Corinthian Christians. And the Corinthians were, were really interested in demonstrations of the Holy Spirit's presence with them and power at work in their midst. Uh, that, that excited them. And Paul knew that. So he says... So, with yourselves, since you are eager for manifestations of the Spirit, strive to excel in building up the church. Since you are eager for manifestations of the Spirit, uh, physical uh, demonstrations that God is with you and at work amongst you, if you want to be, if you want to see God using you to do significant things, spiritually, eternally significant things. Well, if you want to see the Spirit manifested in your midst, here's what you can do. Strive to excel in building up the church. Get off the sidelines. Get involved in the mission of God. Uh, try to make a, a, a contribution to the, to the uh, health of the church. And, and what you're going to see is that God begins to, the Spirit of God begins to work through you. And it's an exciting thing. That, and the church is built up. All right, so I have four big ideas today. By the way, uh, spiritual gifts are talked about in the Bible in three primary passages, if you want to write this down for future study. Um, first, uh, first Corinthians chapters 12, 13, and 14, Romans chapter 12, and Ephesians chapter 4. Those are the three places that uh, the Apostle Paul talks about spiritual gifting. So these points come, up, come out of those texts. And the first is this. God builds up his church 
by empowering Christians for ministry. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7, we read, To each, to each Christian, is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. The Holy Spirit indwelling Christians, it manifests Himself uh, through the gifting of Christians for ministry for the common good. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 11 we read, all these, all these gifts, he's just talked about some different spiritual giftings, all these are empowered by one and the same Spirit who apportions to each one individually as he wills. So the Holy Spirit, who sees the needs in the church, gifts each of us differently as he decides uh, is best. Ephesians chapter 4 Verse 11, and he gave the apostles, the prophets, so who gave? God gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry. Who's to do the work of ministry? All of us. All the saints are to do the work of ministry. In fact, the leaders of the church are to equip so the primary responsibility of the leaders is to uh, equip everyone else to do the work of ministry for building up the body of Christ. Uh, God is very concerned about the health of His church. God wants His church to be healthy. He wants it to be growing, and He wants the people in the church to be comforted when they need to be comforted, to be encouraged, to be challenged, to be served, to be healed to be prayed for, right? And so, what is the primary... I think we can say it's the primary means God uses to build up His church. I think the primary means is Spirit-empowered people ministering to other Christians. Christians caring for Christians. Uh, God has chosen to get the gospel out and to minister to the people in the church through, through us, through us. And now He empowers it. It's His Holy Spirit who empowers it, but He uses us. And I don't know exactly why He does that, but at a minimum, it, it allows us to share into the joy uh, of seeing people helped and encouraged. All right, so God builds up His church by empowering Christians for ministry. And what I'd like you to be asking is, does God want to use me? Would God empower me? So this is more than just what I can bring to the table uh, with my own capacity. This is me uh, plus the Holy Spirit's power at work in my life equals my contribution. Well, the Bible, here's the second point. The Bible gives us lots of examples of how the Holy Spirit empowers people for ministry. And these examples are probably not exhaustive. Uh, so there are actually 17 different gifts listed in the Bible, spiritual gifts. Um, but no, there is no list that includes them all. So Paul talks about some of them in Ephesians 4 and some of them in Romans 12 and, and others in 1 Corinthians 12, 13, 14, which probably means that he's not trying to give us an exhaustive list. He's just giving us examples of, let's talk about how the Holy Spirit gifts his people to benefit the church. 
And those, and some of these gifts are a little bit um, debated as to what exactly they are, and there's even some debate as to whether they are, um, some of these gifts, whether they're still fully in effect as they were in the early church. But there's the gift of administration, uh, the gift of apostleship, so there's one of the debated ones. If, if by apostle you mean one of the 12 that the Lord Jesus called and gave special authority to uh, found the church, no, that office is gone. But if you mean by apostle just the Greek me- meaning of uh, messenger or sent one, uh, I guess you could say missionaries are apostles, they're sent. Um, the, there's the gift of discernment, right? Is this from God or not from God? There's the di- gift of evangelism. Uh, the gift of exhortation, gift of faith. Now, that's not the faith to put your faith in Jesus. It's, the, it's faith meaning, I believe God, even when it doesn't look like this is possible. There's the gift of giving, which somebody says often predicated on the gift of getting. Ha! There's the gift of healing. Um, and that might be that God heals you, or it might be that uh, God uses your prayers to bring about the healing of another. Uh, There's the gift of helps, the gift of hospitality. Uh, I love those people who make others feel welcome. They're so valuable in the church. There's the gift of knowledge, the gift of leadership. By the way, it's I find it interesting when Paul talks about leadership. Those who have the gift of leadership lead with zeal. I have some of the gift of leadership, and sometimes the zeal can fade, so that's always a challenge to me. If you're going to be in a position of leadership, Mike, make sure you do it with gusto. There's the gift of prophecy. That one's debated, right? Is prophecy foretelling the future, or is prophecy uh, forthtelling, re-speaking the words of God? Uh, in fact, um, most, most people will say preaching is actually the gift of prophecy at work because you're re-speaking the words of God. There's the gift of serving. I'm glad some have that gift. I, I have the gift of being served. There's the gift of speaking in tongues. What happens when you're married to somebody and she also has the gift of being served? That's a terrible place to be. There's speaking in tongues. No. I was talking about your marriage, not mine. <laughs> There's a gift of speaking in tongues, which is the ability to speak a language that you have not, you know, studied. Uh, And then there's some debate as to whether or not that's only human languages or whether it might include uh, angelic language. There's the gift of teaching and the gift of wisdom. So here's what I hear in that. What I hear in that is God's people have a lot of needs, (laughs) God's people have a lot of needs. They need wisdom. They need knowledge. They need, they need healing. They need comforted. They need, right, on and on it goes. They need taught. Uh, and so how are those needs going to be met? Well, the Holy Spirit who indwells us empowers us to build up the church to take care of uh, our fellow Christian. So, uh, we have done a couple times. We've done a, a class around here on spiritual gifts, and and, dis, and we call it uh, discover your shape, S H A P E. Discover your shape for ministry. You know how are you wired, uh, and how might you kind of best serve 
the kingdom of God. And so SHAPE is an acronym. Uh, S stands for spiritual gifts. What are your spiritual gifts? H is your heart. You know, what is it you love doing? What, what attracts you? What, what kind of ministries in the church are like, oh, I'd, wouldn't it be awesome to do that? And there are some um, people who, there are some ministries and you think, I would love to sing. And other people say that, no, please, I would never want to do that. Right? So your heart. Uh, then there's your abilities. You know, just what, are, what, have you, what have you shown natural aptitude for? Some people have natural talents toward uh, administration and, and leadership, etc. Um, P, what is your passions? Hang on, what is P for? Personality. Ha! What's your personality? What's your natural wiring? Are you introverted, extroverted, uh, um, outgoing, not? And then finally, your experiences. You know, what have you done in the past? Uh, and develop skills for and expertise in and interests. Okay, so you, so I would encourage you to wrestle through this shape. What's my shape? And, uh, and when you get a better sense of who you are, you can then look at the opportunities in the church, the needs in the church, uh, and say, you know what, I think I'm, I'm well-suited to go do that. Uh, so, for example, uh, later today we're going to hear about uh, Bob and Carney, Connie Arnold, and they're headed to Burma soon. Well, Dr. Bob is, a, is an eye surgeon, and so it kind of makes sense that he would have gotten involved in uh, missions that have to do with repairing people's eyes and through that, um, witnessing to them the love of Christ. Now, I am concerned that some people, some Christians, uh, get they get stymied here because they say, I don't really know my shape. And until I get that all dialed in, I can't, uh, I can't serve. And so you could spend your whole life trying to discover your spiritual gifts. So let me just, here, here's what I want to tell you. Step toward need and God will empower you as he sees fit. This, this is the operating principle for all of us. It shouldn't be difficult if your eyes are open and you're looking and you're in relationship with people here at the church, it shouldn't be difficult for you to identify some needs, okay? And once you become aware of a need, then you step toward that need. And then you've, you've got to just trust that, the, that God's going to empower you however he sees fit to help. And I think that when you step toward need, you might find, oh, this person needs prayed for, this person needs to be encouraged with the word from the Lord. This person needs serve. This, right? But if you, if you just, it's, it's that how does God uh, steer a parked car question, right? You, you know, just get your car rolling and then ask God to steer it. Just step toward need. And it might be that you try something out and you say, okay, not doing that one again, you know. Uh, and then you try something else, and then you, you find that that was so exhilarating, and I heard lots of people say, thank you, that really helped, and, and so just experiment. Step toward need, and God will empower you as he sees fit. God wants to use you. If you're a Christian, God wants to use you to build up his church. 
And, and here's the way uh, I think about it. The Holy Spirit who indwells the Christian, who indwells you, if you're a Christian, the, the Spirit of the living God is within you. The Spirit of the living God sees the needs uh, all around us and wants, to, you know, wants the church to be healthy, wants the church to be built up, wants the kingdom of God to grow. Is there any possible way that the Holy Spirit within you says, ah, there's no way I could use you? <laughs> Uh, just, just sit on the sidelines. You know, I want you to be the spectator. Uh, you're the passenger on the cruise ship. Only you, but, you know. Or you're the, hosp- you're the wounded in the hospital, and I'll, I only want you to be receiving help. I don't have any vision uh, to use you. I, I just don't, I don't think so. I, that doesn't make any sense. I, I can't imagine that the Holy Spirit within you wants you to be sitting on the sidelines. But, but so many Christians think, but what, I don't, I don't have anything to, I, to give. I couldn't do that. Well, then you're, you're just, what you're thinking about is you're saying, what do I have in my own strength? What's my own capacity for? And you're not, you're not thinking about what does, uh, what could God do in and through me? But when you think, who am I, plus the Holy Spirit, right? All things are possible. So please don't underestimate, not yourself, go ahead and underestimate yourself, don't underestimate the Holy Spirit who lives within you. All right, here back to our main verse once again, 1 Corinthians 14, 12. So with yourselves, since you are eager for manifestations of the Spirit, strive to excel in building up the church. If you step toward need and you ask God, please empower me to meet that need, you're going to, you're going to experience manifestation of the Holy Spirit in your life. You're going to begin to, to see evidence of God in you, at work, in you, and through you. We, as a church, will see more evidence uh, of the Holy Spirit at work amongst us. And it's, it, will, it will be so encouraging to all of us, so invigorating to us spiritually, a testimony to the world. Right? Um, and I don't, I, want us, I don't want us to back away from uh, praying for healing, right? By the way, I, I feel negligent as a church leader, but the Bible says very clear, if you're sick, ask for the elders to pray for you. So listen, if you're sick, and, and, and the prayer of faith will heal you. And uh, we're all, I don't really understand what all that means, but hey, the Bible says, ask for healing. So if you're sick and you want healing, ask for it. Say, hey, I want the elders to come, in fact, come and anoint, my, anoint me with oil and lay their hands on me and pray for me that I'll be healed. That's an act of faith on your part, right? And we, as elders, we need to do that. Uh, and we will do that as an act of obedience to the Lord. And the Lord will do what he decides to do. But we, people need wisdom. People need taught. People need healing. People need served. There's, we have needs, right? We have needs. And God, through his Holy Spirit, adequately resources his people to take care of all the needs. 
Um, but we also have to use them. 1 Corinthians 12, 4 through 6. You got this one, Carla? Now there are, look at that. I start reading the Bible and I'm like, hey, that's a good one. There are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are varieties of service, but the same Lord. There are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who empowers them all and everyone. Variety of gifts. So we, we talked about 17 different giftings, right? There are also varieties of service, or there are many different ways you can put that gifting into, into practice. So... You know, Pastor James has the gift of teaching, and sometimes he used his teaching gift in Africa for 10 years as a Bible college professor. Many years he's used it from the pulpit. Um, Some of our teachers back in uh, kids' church, they have the gift of teaching, and they're using their gift of teaching back there with our kids. Or it might be at Club 68, or it could be you have the gift of teaching and you use it exclusively with your friends one-on-one at coffee. There are a variety of gifts, a variety of service, and there are also a variety of activities or results. Right? You know, Billy Graham, he's clearly gifted by God as he was clearly gifted by God as an evangelist. And uh, God used him in stadiums, and hundreds and thousands of people came to Christ. Uh, someone else might have, uh, the, Ryan Maxwell seems to have the gift of evangelism, right? But it's one-on-one. He goes down to the Diamond Mall, shares his faith, people come to Christ, he invites him to church, right? The Lord, the Lord uses all of us in, as we are designed and as where, where we find ourselves in life, and it looks very different and, and varied. So one of the things is you can't look at somebody else and, and just compare yourself. No, God, God has you. He will use you uh, to do what He's called you to do. I lost this other one, but bottom line, it said, use your gifts. God gave it to you. Make use of it. Pretty weak conclusion. Right? I don't even have the verse up there. But all right, there we go. Use our gifts, and I I do want to just say thank you, thank you, Clearwater Church. You guys are awesome. I mean, I look I look around, and it's like I know you guys are serving. But you know what? Uh, the Lord can actually do more f- uh, with us and through us than we think. I think all of us can play a bigger role in the kingdom of God uh, as we use and, and step out in faith and ask God to empower us. So let's pray. God, we do count it a great privilege that you would use us for such eternally significant ministry. Spirit of the living God, we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us Lord, may we not shrink back from need because of a a, a sense of personal inadequacy, but may we honor you by recognizing the Spirit of God can use me, and maybe the Spirit of God wants to use me, and so step toward need in faith and ask for your help, and then see what you'll do. Lord, I pray that this uh, year, all of us would step into the most exciting ministry of our lives yet by faith. We love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.